Hi, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Today, you're listening to episode 62, and I'm talking with Katie Edwards. Katie is the mom of three. She has two little girls and a little boy, and she is also a pretty speedy runner. She has run a 241 marathon, qualifying herself for the 2016 Olympic trials. She recently took a break from running, went through a divorce, and is a full-time working mama, has been through a lot in this past couple years, and so we get into her training, what that was like when she was in tip-top shape training for that. 241. And we also talk about her break and the importance of that and now that she's getting back to running what that looks like. Katie and I talk about motherhood quite a bit in this episode and we also talk about skin cancer. Katie was diagnosed with melanoma when she was just 25 years old so we get into that a little bit as well. Lots of good stuff covered in this episode. Lots of good running advice in this episode too for anybody who needs a little bit of a mental boost. Though Katie is a very fast and speedy runner, she is very relatable and I know you guys are going to enjoy my conversation with her. Before we get started talking with Katie, I want to thank Now Foods for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. We've been a leader in the natural food health industry since 1968. You guys can head over to their website at now-2-u.com to save 25% off your next order by using the promo code ANOTHERALLCAPS. They have all kinds of supplements, sports nutrition, food, essential oils, all kinds of good stuff. So if you are due for a multivitamin, if you are due to try some new protein powder, anything like that, you guys check out Now Foods, now-2-u.com, enter promo code another all caps to save 25%. Before I start my conversation with Katie, I want to ask you if you are a regular listener of this show, if you would do me a huge favor and go leave a rating and review on iTunes. That would be super helpful. It's the best way for potential new listeners to find us. And if you're loving the show, share it with a friend, share it on your social media channels. Um, I think that that's the best. (laughs) I think that other than those iTunes reviews, I think that's the most organic and real way that people can find the show. So I really appreciate every time I see anybody post about it. Um, It makes my heart happy when I get these notifications on Instagram and whatnot. So thank you everybody who's already doing that. I really appreciate that. You guys visit my Patreon page for bonus episodes. I've got four in there and I just recorded my fifth episode with Erica Sarah. Super excited about that one that I'm going to be dropping this coming week. Patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. It's a simple way to support the production behind this podcast. All right, you guys, I know my intro last week was crazy long, so I appreciate you guys hanging with me on that. I'm trying to keep it short this week. So you guys enjoy my conversation with Katie. So everybody listening, we are talking with Katie Edwards. Hi. Hi, Katie. Uh, I've never done one of these before, so. Well, I'm so, I've been wanting to edit a lot. (laughs) Nah, 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 we'll be good. I've been, it's super casual. It's just like, you know. But I've been wanting to have you on for a while, and I just have been dragging my feet. Yeah, this is connecting. So this is perfect because you're, you know, like normal in Puerto Rico on vacation. (laughs) Which I have not been on vacation in probably 10 years. So this is like, oh, I have time. Well, and it's so funny because I, I, that is so your personality because I feel like most people will be like, well, I'm going to be on vacation, so we'll have to do it when I get back. But your mind, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm on vacation. I have free time. I have free time. Let's do this. <laughs> right. Actually, my coworkers are like, you cannot bring your computer. We don't want to hear from you. Nothing. I was like, are you sure? So this is good. This is a nice, fun thing to do. So but. Katie and I met in 2014. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of knew each other on social media a little bit before. Yeah. 
but but I don't even remember how that connection okay. was made. You already had a hotel. Yes. So I <clears throat> I randomly decided I wanted to go run Boston in 2014, like very last minute on a whim. Yeah. And I mean, the latest. You qualified. Yes, I qualified the yeah. year before, but I wasn't planning on running. But I was like. Right when it was about the registration was about to close or whatever, I was like, I'm just going to go. And so I decided to find random girls to room with because that would make it so much more inexpensive. Yes. And um, somebody connected us. Yeah, yeah. And um, and two other random girls, Ruthie and Sarah, which I don't, yes. you know, I follow them on social media, but I don't, we didn't, we didn't know them either. I, yeah. We like met on the street going to get a bagel or something like that that's absolutely it yeah we were like let's connect near this coffee shop and I think I was like texting that's so funny (laughs) yeah yep and then grabbed a bagel or something or coffee and we went to Trader Joe's or something or Whole Foods I don't know Whole Foods yeah did the expo and I remember I was like, and then the next day you went and ran like a 240 marathon or was it 242? I was panicking. I was like, we're walking too much. Oh uh-huh. my gosh, I'm going to be dead to the world. And I think I actually like got my period that day. <laughs> it was so bad. And then I was, yeah, that was my 245 marathon. Oh, 245. Well, yeah. and I remember the night before, like I didn't, I wasn't racing that next day. I was just like running for fun, but like yep. you were racing and yeah, that's, that was me. And I was like, you're so lucky. Uh huh. And, <laughs> and I was like, um, she's like not only racing, but she's trying to run like a 245 marathon. I'm nervous for her. And I hope I don't move because we shared, yeah. we shared a bed. I was like, I hope I don't move oh, too much and keep her right. up. Yeah. But I could, you know that, you know, you don't sleep the night before anyway. Right. And that weekend, I also think like this Boston was Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, my birthday always falls around that. So like my birthday was the day before Easter weekend, three kids, no matter if I slept that night or not, that weekend was so insanely busy that just to be in Boston was like, Ooh, I can breathe for a minute, like, you know, trying to play the Easter bunny and make everybody happy and all that. Which, yeah. Which is what I love about you so much because you and we'll get into your running a little bit, but like you're a serious runner, you're fast runner, but like in the grand scheme of things, like your kids are your life. Like I remember being in Boston in the hotel room and I only have one kid at the time and he was like almost two. So that's amazing. Yeah. Crazy. And you were chatting on the phone with one of your kids and talking about her homework or, you know, something. And I was just like, I can't even picture that part of my life yet. You know what that's going to be like. Yep. And having to deal with all that. And it was the same this year in Boston, like Monday morning I came up and like, you don't stop with the mom stuff and the kids stuff. Like Mm-mm. they, I was, I live close enough. So I'm able to go up in the morning for Boston. And my daughter is, you know, FaceTiming me. She's like, <laughs> I miss you. I want you here. So I'm like feeling like I'm talking her off a ledge just because she's, they had just come from April vacation week. So they were going back to school. So it's like, you know, trying to get ready to run a marathon FaceTiming the kids while I'm on the bus, try, you know, trying to do that part of it. But yeah, it's such a funny world to think like, you know, I remember when they were two and three thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a teenager soon or someday. I can't imagine that. And now we're here with like FaceTiming my daughter and texting them. It's so funny. It it's, happens quickly. So yeah. you don't, you don't write on a blog anymore, do you? No, you know what? It's, that's a funny thing. And that's come up. It, when I got divorced a couple years ago it literally was like it just disappeared Mm -hmm. and 
you to like blog technology people, it didn't, it literally didn't just disappear. I didn't like re up the hosting or whatever, something there was glitchy in there. And it was in the middle of like a completely stressful, chaotic time. So I didn't have time to look into it and all of that. And then I was like, you know what, me, this is a thing. Like, this is just meant to be, I need to let that go. That was, that's just going to be gone with the past and maybe I'll do another one sometime, but that's gone. Um, I was a little sad to lose all of my, like, I would go back and read some mm-hmm. of my race apps more for me to think like, oh yeah, that's what I did. And that's what worked. And that was helpful. Um, <clears throat> but I do kind of miss it. And I would love, I think sometimes about starting one again, not to the degree that I did it, like maybe just post once a month or something if mm-hmm. I can find 20 minutes, but yeah, it's gone. Um, I didn't realize it was like I, gone from the universe. It's like gone from the universe. Yeah. And I had before the job I'm in now, I had was working for a web development company. Um, and so one of my coworkers was like, you know, we can like, you know, they can go in the back end of servers and things. And he was like, I can find your old posts. Like I could go and find the snapshot of that date and find like a random post. And I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to do that. Just let it be. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll start over. And that's kind of what like, I mean, I took probably like a year off from running really or training, maybe a year and a half after I got divorced. And I just needed to like reset, figure it out, you know, running for a whole different reason, kind of Mm -hmm. like my life kind of just totally reset. So that was kind of just a start over point. So, yeah, but the blog is gone and I'm okay with it. (laughs) That's good. I mean, it is. It is kind of funny, too, though. Like, when I look back on things that I wrote, and I never really had a big blog or anything like that, but I always wrote about my running and stuff. And when I, you look back at things you said, like, even two years ago or five years ago, you're like, oh, did I really yeah. say that? Did I write that? Yeah, like, that's <laughs> embarrassing. Like, who, do I think, who do I think I am? Right. Like, really? But, yeah. But now, like, Instagram is kind of fun. And um, so I try to keep that going with the running. I, yeah, I actually prefer Instagram. Like I just, I will write a post and on Instagram and like, that'll be like a mini blog post, like one paragraph or something, you know? And like, that's all I really needed to say anyway, instead of like trying to make it this big blog post. Right. And even then sometimes I think, what? Like, who cares? Why? Like, (laughs) I know I I am to like post this stuff. But then I think, well, there's, I enjoy, like, it's motivating. Like I, I will pull up somebody's like picture of themselves running I'm like oh gosh like look at what she just did or whatever it may be and it's motivating to me just to like scroll through quickly and I don't think they're self-absorbed or anything I think it's fun yeah. so I <laughs> it's yeah it's like motivating and it's a fun way to document things I keep saying I wish those do you do those um chat books or oh no, you know what I'm talking I, about though yes that you like a monthly thing right I think you can order, like, you basically you can order Instagram pics. But yes, I, yeah, yeah. I'm always, like, I almost wish I had, like, a separate Instagram for, like, just my family and kids yeah. so that, like, I could just order those because I don't really oh, need, like, yes. a random selfie of me running. Well, let me tell you, like, <laughs> nowadays I'm talk. I was just talking to my babysitter on, like, about all this social media, and I was, like, she's a senior, and I said, this is, you must be so stressed. Like, social media would drive me crazy. And she was like, yeah, they, these kids have like three or four Instagram accounts. And I was like, I feel so old. They have like Finstagram, like their fake Instagram. And really? All, 
stuff. And I was like, ah, I, I wouldn't survive nowadays in high school. I barely survived high school when I went. So like, that's just the stress. Like they have all these different Instagram accounts for that reason. Well, and when we were in high school, I mean, I had a cell phone. It was like a flip phone. And, yeah. but you didn't yeah. like get it out or anything. Like it was in your backpack. Like no. you weren't, like yeah. you weren't texting people. You weren't looking no. at like Facebook in the halls or, I mean, yeah. do kids well, do that? I, don't know. I'm, I think I'm a little older than you. And so we didn't even have, nobody had cell phones in high school. It wasn't, they weren't even like a thing. It was new. But like, I mean, they, it was, I think I was just into college. I was probably a freshman in college when cell phones, like just the flip phone, like, you know, which you makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was, I think I was like 16. And when I first yeah. had my car, this is so yeah. weird. We aren't that old. This is so weird. When I first oh, got my car, it was I like know. a car phone in the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like really a funny. car phone. That is insane. No. Yeah. Yep. So. Well, let's it's... talk about your running though. When, okay. We met in 2014, but I probably knew who you were starting in like 2013 maybe. And uh, that's yeah. when you kind of like realized, Hey, I'm like a pretty fast runner. Like you broke three yeah. hours and then you were like, I'm going to uh-huh. qualify for the trials. So can you kind of like go into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, it's such a funny thing because I think everybody's heard this story. Like I didn't run ever. Um, I played sports in high school, but I ran my first marathon, which was really my first race when my, right after I had my second, um, child, my daughter. Um, and I absolutely hated it. I hated all of it. I finished and was like, this is crazy. I'm never doing this again. So I really didn't run for three more years until I, after I had my third, um, like I would run casually here and there, but I was more like, we go to the gym, do the elliptical, do the Stairmaster. I was in shape. So then, um, long story short, I jumped into a Hartford marathon in 2011 and again, hated it, (laughs) but I did fairly well. I ran like a 317 and, um, again said, you know, I'm not, I'm done with this. This is dumb. I don't want to do it. But then at that point, I think it was that afternoon. I was like, but I really think I could do better. <laughs> so I think that was the start of it. You know, that like little tinge of competitiveness with myself. Like, I don't think like I can let this lie until I give it one more shot and see if I can do better. So I signed up for another marathon a month later and took like six minutes off of that time And it was at that point that I just kept like taking little steps. You know, I was like, well, if I can run a 311 with what I've done, maybe I'll shoot for a sub three. So I just kind of went slow and steady. I feel like didn't, you know, I just got a book and made a plan. And, you know, my mileage wasn't crazy. It was probably like around like average in the 40s, I think. I mean, I remember thinking running six miles was like, oh, my gosh, I just ran six miles. Let me go. (laughs) chow pizza like that kind of thing so um a year later I was supposed to run New York the year that it was canceled and I was really like geared up to I really wanted to break three but I think with everything blessing in disguise I mean terrible thing that happened but as far as the race was concerned I don't think I ever could have broken three in New York Mm -hmm. that year so New York was canceled signed up for um Harrisburg that I had already run I think it was like three weeks later which is you know totally screws up the whole taper because mm-hmm. now you're bird and you can't really train anymore so you just jump into another marathon and so that one <clears throat> I ran 258 and um I won it but it was a small small race um and so then it was just each time I was like all right I'm gonna be done after this okay after I do this <laughs> 
But then at that point, I hadn't really heard too much of the Olympic trials prior to that race. And then I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember how I heard about the Olympic trials because I wasn't like, you know, a big running geek or anything. I didn't know running. I don't know. I didn't know anything about, you know, you know, the marathon or like the marathon greats or anything. I just kind of stayed in my little running bubble. Um, but somehow the trials qualifying time got on my brain and I was like, all right, I ran a 258. Hey, why can't I run a 245? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what made me think that, but I think it was just the, you know, set another goal. Um, but I really did think at that point I would be done after I broke three and then I just wasn't. So then, um, that must've been what, 2012, I think. Does that make sense? Because then the next year, so then I just kept just like slow and steady, just patiently training and working through it the following year. I, I mean, the crazy thing was like, it was dropping like a lot of minutes off my time. So in another year, I took almost 10 minutes off that 258 and ran 248 at Hartford that fall and then ran 245 in Boston that spring, like six months later. And so it really was just patience and trusting the process. And then that fall, I ran 241 at Hartford and then my life kind of got turned upside down. So from that point, I took a break and that's where we're at now. I'm, um, I would love to qualify again. I think that I finished, I qualified for 2016 trials and I, I finished that race feeling like I wasn't done and, but had to take a step back. So life is totally different now and I would like to try again. So we'll see. I don't really know at what point I felt like never real. I mean, even when I qualified, I was like, but I'm not one of the fast people. Like mm -hmm. there's really fast, talented runners. I never really, it was just this thing that I did that I really enjoyed and it worked for me. So it's funny to be like, you know, answer the question, when did you realize you were fast or when did you start getting fast or whatever it may be? I just, I mean, I always felt out of place to be honest. I'd line up at a race at the front of the line. I'm like, I don't really belong here. I don't know how I'm going to do this. <laughs> you just trust the training and do it. So yeah, is I think just being that it was more of a hobby for me and I was a mom and I worked, it kind of just was another piece of my life that I didn't feel like anything other than it was fun for me to do, you know? So now when you ran the 245 in Boston, that was like a hot day. Yeah, it was. And that's where, um, it was probably like, it wasn't as hot as this past this year, this year was hot. It was mm -hmm. a little bit cooler than last year. I think it was like in the sixties, high sixties, but that course is tough because it's all sun. Mm -hmm. Um, so you just kind of roast. I was in really good shape then. And I, I kind of attribute that to hill running. I ran hills like you wouldn't believe not in workouts, just every day was, mm -hmm. I would just run really hilly routes. And I think that that just built a lot of strength, not really knowing it, you know? So I think that helped on the day. Um, I think I was like tracking you because I was just running for fun. I think I was like checking my yeah. phone to see when you were finishing as I yeah. was running the race. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect it and I didn't really, well, I don't know. I mean, the weather in New England, you come, that's why Boston is tough. You come mm -hmm. from cold, cold running to hot and I don't 
run well in the heat. I mean, I ran okay then, um, but typically I don't do so hot in the heat. Um, so I don't really know how I did it. I might like mentally, I had it together more then. Um, and so I think that's a big piece now for me is that I can train, like I can run a million miles, but it's the mental piece that gets really hard. Like when life is really stressful, it is really hard to push your body to do something that it's like, you know, it's causing pain. <laughs> so <laughs> you try to minimize. And so that's when it gets hard in the marathon is like, that's when you can be as fit as you can be. But if your brain and your mind is not supporting that, it's really hard to push through. So I think that's the piece that I need to work on more now, you know, like kind of just adding in different components. Like I got the miles in and now I have to work on the mental strength and then, you know, add in more core work. Like it kind of is this layering thing. Like you really can't, can't expect myself to just say, I took a bunch of time off from running and I'm going to jump back in and I'm going to do it all. I think patience is key across the board. So knowing my limits, like just adding things in as I can and giving it time, I'm not going anywhere. So so you yeah. so you ran the 241 in Hartford in 2015? That was that fall. So that was 2014. Okay. So then when did you take your big break? So that really following that, like okay. I, I took off, like I didn't really come back from that. Um, I ran, like I kept running, but as far as like workouts and things, I was off the map. Like I couldn't. I didn't do anything until really, I want to say, so fall of 2014 and then like winter of 2015, I kind of moved into the whole divorce process. And then I would say 2006, gosh, time flies. Isn't um, it crazy? It's 2017 oh right now. Gosh, yeah. So really like, I think it was this like the fall of 2016 that I, in my heart and in my mind, I was like, you know what? I want to do this mm -hmm. again. I, um, had a good job. I moved. I like everything, like life was kind of coming together again. And I felt like I could start handling the miles. So that was the goal was just to get my miles back, you know, introduce some speed. Yeah. But when you weren't running, like when you, or when you took your time off, like, were you still like, exercising like I'm still gonna oh, go yeah. for a job yeah. like just was, easy running yeah. I was running and I was doing random workouts here and there but it was pretty unfocused yeah and um just like staying, just in, staying shape. in shape yeah and you know I think in the back of my brain I was I really remember hitting a point where it was like just make a decision like yeah I wasn't committing to not training but I wasn't committing to training and that is a horrible mm -hmm. place to be like there's so much stress lost in that space so it was like just like draw a line and be done with it so I think I remember talking to one of my good friends and she was like Katie just stop like just make a decision to just take a break and that was the I mean, it gets all complicated with like, but this is who I am and I run and I'm fast and, but making that decision of like, no, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to just run and it will be there when I'm ready for it. And if it, you know, works out again and I can start training again and, um, try to run faster and run some good races. Great. But I like kind of taking the power back other than just letting, letting it happen. So I think when I just said, you know what, that's it. I'm not training. 
I'm going to run, no pressure. There was, I had enough other life stress and pressure going on that to let that go was like, ah, like I could breathe. And then making the decision to train again felt even better, you know, because it was on my terms. But it's crazy how much your identity gets wrapped up in these things, like right? almost passively, like it just happens. And so it kind of is like, shoot, I got to get control of this again. Um, so yeah, I was definitely still running, you know, anywhere from like 30 miles a week to 50 miles a week. But I think getting to 50, I rarely ever got to 50. And yeah. so that was, that's tough for me. Cause I wasn't used to that, um, at all, but and you were just easy uh, that, running, but every once in a while, if you were like, yeah, I feel good. I'm going to throw some speed yeah. in. You throw speed in yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Not really tracking it or doing anything like that. So isn't, um, isn't that crazy though? Cause you're so right. Like your identity does get wrapped up in it. I mean, I was just thinking about this the other day. I'm kind of like slowly getting myself back in shape from having the baby and everything. And I'm like, man, I'm starting to feel fit again. Like I'm starting to feel like back yeah. to the shape I was in when I was running faster times, like four, three, four years ago. And I'm like, man, if someone pulled this out from underneath me right now, I think I would really struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a good point. That's kind of what it felt like. Like yeah. it was being pulled out from underneath me and there was like this loss of control feeling and I'm a total control freak. So it was like, hold <laughs> on, I'm going to control this. I will say when this happens or doesn't happen. So like kind of just mentally saying it's okay. I've got like, I'm good with it, you know, instead of, I don't know, letting it happen is a big thing. And I think often that's why now I don't hold loosely to it, but it's like a lot is going on in life. And even now it's like maybe a coping mechanism. I don't know, but like with three kids and a job, I would, love to run fast again. I would love to qualify for the trials again and I'll work towards it. But knowing that, um, it is not the most important thing and there's, you know, other focuses that I have to have. So, um, that helps balance out like, you know, not getting too disappointed if things don't go great, knowing that I put my heart and soul into everything it, you know, there's, it can't be the, the most important thing. When you were training before, like back in the day for Boston and or in 2014 and then Hartford, you were coached by Mark Hadley, right? Yep. Yeah. And it was wonderful. I, yeah, it's, he's great. Amazing. His training was very similar to almost, I mean, I, I, like I said, did my own plans, just whatever, um, until I got under three hours and then I found him, um, and his way of coaching was very similar to what, how I had been running. Mm. So it was really, it was a good fit and it was kind of like a seamless thing. Um, and then I think with just sort of like, like I was saying with the blog and with life in general, like he, I kind of had to, maybe it was sort of more a subconscious thing. Like I just kind of cut ties with that whole part of me from like everything up to the trials. Um, I just had to, I just had to like end it. So I moved on from him after, um, after the trials when I really stopped like focusing on running. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just, I'm like scrolling through your Instagram. I didn't know that you were running with McCurdy. Yeah. So I, he's local to me. So, okay. so are you after, that close to Mary, Mary Johnson? You live that close to her? Oh, 
Yeah, probably half an hour. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he had reached out to me last, whatever it was, 2016. I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. You know, you're local. We'll go. I'll go for it. (laughs) We'll go with it. Yeah. So that's been good. Um, Totally different training. Totally different style. Really? What's different? uh, What are the main differences? I mean, everything. um, Like, I really liked Hadley because it was very, like, almost rhythmical, like, method, like, I knew what to expect. Like it was the same structure and the same routines. And that's how I'd been running since I started. And with McCurdy, it's more, it's kind of sort of a mix of everything. Like Mm -hmm. so far anyway, like speed, tempo, long runs, like mixing up workouts with a little bit of everything. So that's new to me. Um, But I also have been on the treadmill so much with my running until like through the winter. So I'm hoping that once I get outside, it'll feel a little bit different. Um, but yeah, kind of just a different training style, I guess. I can't really pinpoint it. So where, where are you at fitness wise right now? I don't really know. I, that's why I was, you know, it's a bummer that Boston was not great, but I kind of love how it went because, um, I ran such a terrible time there and it's kind of what, I deserved, I think, like, (laughs) I honestly went into that, like, praying, like, okay, God, just give me the race that I need, like, you know, this will be, I just need to finish a marathon, and then kind of in the back of my mind thinking, of course I'm going to finish, like, I can (laughs) run a marathon, um, oh, no, (laughs) no, not after two years of not running, and the heat, and just, it's a brutal race, and I didn't, I, honest to God, like, did not think I was going to finish, um, I was, you know, I was sick a couple weeks before, um, life was insanely stressful. I just could not handle the heat. And I was like, there is no way I'm going to be able to finish this race. Like I physically can't do it. And, um, and then I'm thinking, but I was like praying that I would just run a good race. I'm going to run a good race. And I, every med tent, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to walk off. I can't do this. And then I just kind of, shifted gears and thought I cannot the thought of calling my kids after the race and them saying how'd you do mom and me saying well I quit I I didn't finish I couldn't handle that thought and I was like so you know what I've got six hours to finish this before they (laughs) start the course I will if I have to I will walk until I get to that finish line my goal here was to finish a marathon like that's all that I felt like I needed to do so that I could jump into the next phase of running and in the back of my mind, I thought, you know what? I'm fit. Like I know that I'm fit. Mm -hmm. I don't need to prove that here. I'm not going to win any medals. I'm not going for PR. Like, so just let it go. Like let the time go and just finish the race. So it was like, you know, a grind, but, um, I, so I would have been great to know how I fit. I am with a Boston time, but I think, um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm fitter than what I ran there. I really don't know though. That comes back to like the mental part of it. Mentally, I don't think I'm where I need to be to run a really good marathon physically. Yeah. I think I could probably get in the low two fifties, I think. Um, but again, I don't know based on my workouts and I, you know, I'm training a whole different way. So I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting in the fall. I really don't know. I just need to run some more races and see, but I feel like I'm, I do finally feel like I'm 
progressing forward with fitness. So it was a while of feeling like I was kind of not going anywhere. Um, so it was really good to get that marathon behind me. I felt like I was waiting for that to just move on to the next thing. So I get think, one under my belt. And that's a really good thing for people that maybe aren't like super speedy runners to hear someone who has ran a two forty one marathon say, yeah. I'm getting back into it. Like I, my goal was to just finish that marathon. And like, what were you trying to prove? Like you didn't need to prove any time to anybody else. No. Yeah. And even honestly, even when I was running faster times, that's exactly how I felt. And I think that gives a lot of peace of mind, like going into the race, like this is your race. You don't, you have your own goals. I have my own goals. Go in and run it. A marathon is a marathon. It's hard. I don't care if you run a two thirty or five hours. It's really hard. And I was just um, chatting with somebody who was like, I can't imagine what the effort feels like to run a one, like my half PR is a 117. I can't imagine what that feels like to drop from, you know, she's like a 122 or 121 to 117. It was like the effort, it, it is no harder. It physically doesn't feel harder. You at that point are stronger, like yeah. you're a fast runner. So the effort isn't harder. It's just that you're faster and you're stronger. You work the same. So I'm working hard for a 241, but five-hour marathoner is working hard to cover those 26 miles. And that's, I think, why I love running. Like, it's just equal across the board. You know, you put you get out of it what you put into it, and you can really go as far as you want to with it. So, yeah, there's no... Um, you can walk away from it and come back to it. And it's just something that you can like make it what you want it to be. I think anyway. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did you run in Boston? 310. Okay. 310. Yeah. So were you like on track at the halfway point to run like at three, three no, hours no. or no. I was, um, I was on track at the 5k to run <laughs> at one mile. I was on track to run at 2:45. That one downhill mile. <laughs> no, I, um, I didn't pace very well there. I think I ran the half in like 128. Okay. I don't know. It was funny after the fact to like hear everybody, like my coworkers who were tracking me oh, and gosh. my friend and everybody, they're like, Oh my gosh, you had a rough race, huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I did. I mean, I literally walked through every water stop for 18 miles. So I, I had, there was, it was the only way I was going to get through it. I was so, um, hot and so thirsty. So I would just stop at every water station, walk for a minute, chug water and keep going. Um, so I don't think I was ever on track to run a good time. (laughs) I think if I had started out a little bit slower then I probably um, with the heat could have gotten just under three maybe. Um, but I think I just was not, it wasn't my day and I was okay with that. Isn't it crazy how, when you have a day like that and you know what your body is physically capable of, what it's been capable of and what it will be capable of Yeah. on a day like that, you're like, how did I ever do that? How am I going to get there? Like when I feel like this right now, I did. And I thought about when I ran a two forty five. there, I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine that, but it's possible. Like you can do it once then try to do it again. And that's when, even before the start, um, like running into a couple of people that maybe I had known, like followed on Instagram or whatever. And 
you know, they're going for PRs. And I'm like, listen, it's possible. Just pace yourself. Like, you can do it. You've worked hard. Like, just let the race be what it will, but be smart about it, you know? And I think that's what's sometimes crazy now is to think back, like, when I run certain workouts and think, holy crap, how did I run those paces? Mm -hmm. But thinking, like, all right, let's just do it again. Let's get back there and not be defeated by the fact that I can't do it now. But who knows if I'll ever run those pieces again? I don't know, but I'm running anyway and I'm training anyway. So I might as well work for it while I have the kind of the energy to, you know, do you think you'll be, I mean, are you, have you made peace with it? I mean, I think very, you very well can and will run those paces again. Don't get me wrong when I say this, but do you think you have peace in your like mind and heart? If like that 241 was like your fastest, Yeah, I do. I do. I'm good with it. Like, I think there's always that part of me that feels like I, I feel like I kind of ran that and had a lot more in me. Um, not that day necessarily, right. but falling on, like, mm-hmm. just like, you know, I'd run 311, then sub three, then it was like a progression. And I feel like that was not the end of the progression of my ability, maybe. But um I mean, I'm a couple years older now, not that that is a huge deal, but life is different. And so, yeah, in response to that question, I'm good if that's the fastest I ever run. But I do think there's a little piece of me that is like, but I would like to run faster, you know, or at least, or at least get back in that range. Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't think it's impossible. Yeah. And it feels good to work hard and run fast. It does. It really does. Yeah. I mean, to just be able to do that, it, yeah. And even when I ran the 241, it's crazy to think, I mean, you think about that pace and, and this is where I feel like, but I'm not even that fast. This is what you think. <laughs> and other women and people running these pieces, but to run whatever that is, um, I mean, my marathon distances are usually in the 26.5 range right. I'm a tangent runner. But so to, to go into that race saying, okay, I need to see a 605 average on my watch. <laughs> like, I can't go slower than that. Um, that to me was crazy. Like I remember lining up at Hartford thinking I have no concept of how I'm going to accomplish this. Like mm-hmm. I've never done it in training. I've done tempos, but I've never like, I can't fathom running that pace, but I trained for it. My coach told me I could do it. My workout's indicate that I can. So just let's do it. You know, I don't, it was, it never hit me. Like I, you know, I never felt totally capable of it even when I was running those races, but your body just kind of all, it all comes together between the taper and the, you know, eating right and, and running the, you know, running the workouts and everything it happens. So like the magic in it, I feel like. (laughs) what are some things like when you were in that peak shape and even now when you're getting back like when you know when you're in the last four or five whatever miles of the marathon and your legs are like like you're yeah Yeah. like you're physically like you're breathing everything is fine but like your legs are just toast yeah what do you and what did you do in the past like in your head to tell yourself like I can keep moving these legs like I can keep doing this I think a big thing for me was like, I worked too hard to not, to let this not happen. Like Mm -hmm. I made it this far and I don't, you know, in, in that race in particular, when I qualified for the trials, I had no Garmin, I had no GPS, 
it died like there was no I had nothing from mile three so I I really wasn't quite sure where I was at I didn't know what my pace was in that moment um so I was just looking at the clocks that they had at whatever mile markers so I think it was almost like better that way because I wasn't spending any energy or panicking on time I just was like run faster like you got to keep going just run you know you can't I there's no other way to do it than just to give it everything but I also think physically um I did quite a few training runs um like fast finish long runs I think those were key to feeling yeah my legs were pretty tired but to to being able to still run fast at the end of a marathon like you know running a 20 mile long run with the four you know finishing with six minute miles, um, for the last four that it was amazing. I think that really helped. Isn't that, isn't that hard though? Sometimes with those long fast finish long runs, it's so hard. The anticipation to like get get going on those last fast miles. Yes. The stress that we put on ourselves, like (laughs) I don't have to run a long run, get up early, but then to think about like, okay, you're tired, like you've run 18 or 16 miles and then thinking, I can't do this. I can't run. Let's find all the downhills. Yes. <laughs> like, it's hard. Yeah. But even that, like that's where the training is amazing because you really aren't just training physically. Like that's the mental piece that you can look back and think, I ran these really tough workouts. And I remember in that workout thinking, I mean, these are, I remember, you know, mile 16, or mile 18 in a long run thinking, I'm so tired. I, there's no way I can run a six minute mile, but then that mile beeps and you go and you're like, well, I did it. I can do it. I was tired and I did it. So do it now on, you know, when it matters. Yeah. Um, I always think about that in a race. I'm like, sometimes in a hard workout too, when I'm like busting my ass, I'm like, am I willing to work harder in a workout than a race? Really? Right. Yeah. 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 And even the flip of that, like, you know, when workouts really don't go well, like you can't expect every workout you run to be amazing. You know, you nailed your paces, all of that, but it, you know, the fact that you did it and you worked hard, that comes with you on race day. Like when I, when you go to run that goal race and you think, you know, they didn't, all your training didn't go perfect, but you did it. You, the effort was there. So you take that with you and you're like, I worked really hard for this. And even though it may not have all gone perfect, you put in the effort and that can't go to waste, you know? Yeah. I think there's so much to be said for running and like character building, confidence building, strength building, all of that. Mm -hmm. I think it's super fun. All right, everybody, before I continue my conversation with Katie, I want to tell you about a program at the downtown Y at the Ursay family Y that I am super excited about. It's called MX4, and it's a unique small group training program that addresses cardio, power, strength, and endurance. It's a time-based group circuit that provides you with the most effective workout possible. It increases muscular strength, endurance, enhanced accountability, support, and camaraderie. You guys know, if you follow me on social media, that I basically live at the downtown Y. The boys and I are there pretty much five days a week. And and this MX4 is offered exclusively at this YMCA. And they have all kinds of other programs and activities down there as well. Marshall did a tumbling class this spring. And we're definitely getting him signed up for swimming lessons. All kinds of good stuff. And you don't have to be a member to do 
these programs, but I think you should be a member because I love it so much. So basically my sanity of, as a stay-at-home mom is the YMCA. If you do want to check out the MX4 class, you Indianapolis people listen. I know not everybody listening is local, but there are a good handful of you. So if you guys do want to check out the MX4 class though, if you tell them I sent you, Lindsay Hine, tell them Lindsay Hine sent you, you can check it out for free. And this is a paid class even if you're a member. So it's a good deal to check it out. You can see if you love it. If you go to IndyYMCA.org slash cityway slash forms, or if you just go to their website and search group fitness schedule, you can find um, the schedule of the MX4 classes. They have two classes a day in the morning and the evening. Um, Monday through Friday, and then they have an 11 a.m. Saturday class as well. On another note, I want to let you guys know this weekend, so Saturday, so that'll be tomorrow when you hear this, I am running the 500 Festival Mini Marathon. I'm super excited. I'm kind of nervous, but trying not to be. And um, actually, I'm not nervous. I'm going to state that I'm not nervous because I'm just going to claim that. I'm excited to work hard, and number one goal is to have fun and enjoy my time away from my kids and to see see what I can do out there. I've, I've been putting in some decent workouts over the past like six to eight weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what I can do. The only thing is, is it's going to be raining all day. So it'll be a rainy race, but that's okay. If it wasn't raining, people would be complaining that it was like uh, too hot or, you know, whatever, windy or there'd always be something. So, but I am going to be taking over women's running magazine, Instagram handle for the race. So Oh, I'm not going to be actually taking video and pictures while I'm racing because I'm hopefully going to be working my butt off. I'm going to be working really hard, but Glenn is running with me. He's going to be taking video. So if you want to see me on the pain train at like mile 10, 11, 12, whatever, during the race, make sure you're following Women's Running Magazine um, on Instagram to check that out. And he'll get some video of like us on the track, the Indy 500 track and stuff too. So that'll be really cool. So to follow them and to follow my race on Saturday, just go to Women's Running Magazine. Good luck to anybody else who's racing tomorrow. And if you are around, if you're in Indianapolis and you are around after the race, I do plan to head over to the Athletic Annex tent, which is tent number one after the race. And, um, just chill there for a little bit before heading off to brunch. Some people get babysitters in the evening to go out. We get babysitters at 6.45 in the morning on Saturday so we can go run half marathons. Normal, right? All right, you guys, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Katie. So looking through your Instagram some more, and I actually saw this before, but you met Dina Castor? Oh, yeah. So this is funny um, because you kind of, you know, I'm glad you emailed me before. Like, this is kind of what we'll talk about, and I will tell you, some of the topics, like, who would you have a cocktail with? Oh, and yeah. Person, like, those questions stress the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but we sat down at lunch. Like, we couldn't find anywhere to eat in Boston after. So we ended up, like, right across from the hotel we were at. And we sat down at this table and I was, and we walked by the table that was next to us. And I said to my boyfriend, my boyfriend, I was like, um, that's Dina Castor sitting right there. <laughs> I like whispered, I was like, you don't know who that is, but, and she couldn't hear me, but, and then you're like, I recognized her husband. And so we literally sat and it was like kind of sandwiched in there. And she, and like, I didn't say anything. And she turned over to me and she was like, how was your race? Congrats on running. And I wanted to be like, it sucked. And um, <laughs> it was really bad. But I was like, it's Boston. It's a great race. It really was. I was beaming, smiling from ear to ear after that race. I was so happy. Um, so we, it was so nice of her to ask. 
how the race was and congratulate. And I was like, you're Dina Castor, aren't you? She's like, yes. And then I was like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. I don't even know what I said, but I've never been that like fangirl type, but uh-huh. like, to see her in person. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and so we kind of like chit chatted for a second and then I turned back and was looking at the menu and then I was like, I really want a picture with her. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's so weird. So then I was, you know, I was like, you know what? I want a picture with her. So I was said, you know, can, would you mind taking a picture? And she was so nice. Um, and she, yeah, it was just so amazing. So I was like, had to look up her stats to show my boyfriend. I was like, she's amazing. She's like, you know, an American record holder, blah, 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 Olympic runner, you know? So I would love to like sit and if she could be my best friend after a cocktail, that would be awesome. And just like pick her brain. Um, yeah, I think, I just think it's amazing. I would have done the same thing. Like I would have asked for a picture too. Cause I am the same way. Like I hate being the fangirl. Like I don't want to be like that, but really like looking back, you want to be like, yeah, I can ask for a picture. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Why wouldn't I? Was I was right here, and she was super nice. Like, I, I didn't intrude on her lunch. She asked about the race, you know, so. So she talked then, to you first. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that was my, you know, I was like. You there you're in. Me. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and then I guess I didn't quite realize that Jordan Hesse was their um, athlete, so. Oh, really? She's coached yeah. under Dina? I think so. Don't quote me on that. Okay, but okay. I feel like, I mean, people were kind of all around their table the whole lunch, like different, you know, I don't know, manage, manager type people. Uh-huh. Um, and there were, I just heard a couple people be like, oh, congrats on Jordan. So I think that they coach her. But Man. I to confirm that. Talk so about- I was like, hey, D- hey Dina, do you want to, uh, you want to coach me? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, just take yeah. me under your no, wing. No big deal. pretty cool. Yeah. I've never been that, really that close to, um, I mean, they're, like, famous people to me. I'd rather hang out with them than, like, actual actor-type famous right. people. Um, it's just super nice. Yeah. Well, speaking of the fangirl thing, it's funny that you said that you're not really, like, into that. Because remember in Boston when we went to that, like, Wazelle dinner yes. and Kara yeah, yeah. Goucher was there? Yes, I do remember. And I was, like, I'm not talking to her. <laughs> it's the same way we were like we are yeah. too cool like we are not I, gonna fangirl this up yes I think yeah we were walking through there like getting our spaghetti I'm like uh yeah no I'm gonna go <laughs> in this room and do my own thing yes yeah but I, Dina was so approachable she yeah. was just like there with her little girl and yeah so in that case it's like uh, if you make the first move I'll I'll talk to you yes yeah. that's so good but it's um, funny. One yeah. one more thing from our like Boston experience three years ago. Yeah, I have to tell you. Ever since that race, I now wear put on makeup before races. <laughs> That's when people are like, "You really wear makeup?" I'm like, "Absolutely." It makes you feel good. I feel better. Yes. Uh, yeah. And not to mention my moisturizer is sunscreen, so oh, right. It's that tinted. You know, I used to wear my Laura Mercier tinted moisturizer. And then at $40 a pop, I was like, you know what? <laughs> we'll go Aveeno. Yes. <laughs> it's a little bit cheaper. Um, I don't know. I love it. And then people are like, how do you look so fresh after a race? I'm like, well, number one, I was too dehydrated to sweat. And number two, um, makeup. Yes. It's great. <laughs> yes. Cause I remember I was like, she's five minutes on. before a race. Like, go no, for it. yeah. And so that now every time I usually just put like some 
like a little bit of bronzer and mascara yeah. and I feel like way better than yeah, but it's the same thing as like wearing an outfit that you feel good and fast in you yeah. know there is something to be said for that you know wearing running clothes that feel good and look good I yes. think it's my justification for shopping at Lululemon. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned the sunscreen thing. And this. Yeah. if anybody followed your blog back in the day, they would know that you had skin cancer. Yeah. Like melanoma, like for real yeah. skin cancer. It was, yeah. And this was like, gosh, how old was I? I was, I was pregnant with my second, so I must have been 25. And... I really didn't, I mean, yes, it's melanoma, I know now what melanoma is, but at that time, like, I didn't really know what melanoma was, um, and so the doctor removed a mole, and I was like, well, what's, like, what's the deal here, what do you, what's going to happen, and she was like, well, it's one of two things, it's basal cell carcinoma, which means you're, you're good, like, you're, it's fine, no big deal, or it's melanoma, and I kid you not, she was like, it's really bad, it's it, it could be very bad. Like it could potentially be uncurable, like that kind of thing. I was like, Oh gosh, like, okay, I'm eight months pregnant and I have a one-year-old at home. That's, that would be awful. Were you by yourself so, at that doctor appointment? I was by myself. Yeah. Jeez. And so that was like on a Tuesday. I remember it so vividly. And she was like, but we'll, we'll send it to Yale and we'll get results in like two weeks, two weeks, um, two weeks. Yeah. And I was like, okay, great. So three days later on a Friday, Friday afternoon, I'm driving my one-year-old to, like, some play group. Um, I get a call, and it was my dermatologist. I was like, oh, I got to answer this. She goes, I never do this on a Friday, but you need to get in to see a surgeon, like, yesterday. You have melanoma, blah, 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 blah. Mm. I was like, how are you doing this to me on a Friday afternoon? Like, I can't talk to a doctor. I had all weekend to like stew over it. Right. All I knew about melanoma at that point was that I was going to die. Like that's what I thought. Um, and I had had this mole since I was a child, like for all I knew it had spread everywhere. Mm. Um, so, and the way I, you know, could be worse. Yes. Like cancer sucks. Um, they caught it early enough. So they being pregnant, um, they didn't really want to operate while I was pregnant, but they also didn't want to wait a month until I had the baby. So this was all like the week before Thanksgiving in 2007. Um, so they induced me like five weeks early. I had my daughter and then I had surgery. It was on my legs. So they took out a big chunk in the, um, sometimes you can kind of see it. There's a big scar, but you can't see it too much in pictures. Um, so they took out the the spot where the melanoma was took out a lymph node, tested everything. And I was good. So super lucky. Um, but scary, like definitely crazy scary. That's when you're like, this is, I've got two small kids and <laughs> this is crazy. So yeah, wear sunscreen. Did you, cause like when you say they had, they did surgery, like, cause they had already taken the mole off. They had to take like a chunk around, around yeah. it just to, um, yeah, so they took the, they took the mole off and then, um, my understanding, and this was a long time ago, but basically with melanoma anyway, depending on how deep the mole goes, I guess, mm, okay. determines kind of like the protocol for how invasive to do the surgery and, you know, how many lymph nodes to take and all of the follow on stuff. 
So again, it was deep enough that there was a concern it had spread. Um, but it kind of just went over into that threshold. So I felt kind of like it was a blessing in disguise because it forced them to have to take lymph nodes. Whereas had it been a little bit less, they would have just removed that area. So they had to take, um, like a two inch diameter or like radius out down, like they take it out down to the muscle, then they go test it. Um, so they have to cut quite a bit just to be able to sew it back up. Um, and then, take the lymph node, like the closest lymph nodes. And then, um, then I just got a PET scan and didn't need any additional anything, but, um, yeah, they, they had to go deeper than just removing the actual mole. So, so they took the lymph nodes so that they could test them to make sure they weren't in the lymph nodes or was it actually in a lymph node? No, to make sure that it hadn't spread to the lymph nodes. And And it hadn't. And it hadn't. So it had it spread to the lymph nodes, then that's the thing with melanoma. Once it hits your lymph nodes, you're, it's like, it spreads like wildfire. So, mm-hmm. um, if you can get it before then, you know, um, but like all these things, it runs in my family. So that's tough. It just, I know I just have to get checked. Um, I mean, this was 10 years ago, so yeah. I'm just kind of on a normal routine of like dermatology. Year, yearly dermatology checks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and had um, you just noticed like a change in the mole? Um, yeah. Yep. And they say that often pregnancy hormones right. can, can do that. Totally. So I had noticed, I had noticed a change and my, actually my OB did my gynecologist. And she said at one of my checkups for my daughter, cause I was pregnant, she was like, you need to get that removed. I don't want to see you again until it's gone. Mm. And crazy thing is that I called the dermatologist office. I was like, listen, my doctor's really concerned. Um, I have a mole. They want it removed. I'm pregnant, blah, blah, blah. They were like, good. We'll see you in six months. I'm like, okay, well, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> like I think right. maybe you should get it. So yeah, I do think that the, the hormones with pregnancy does that. And even, you know, the, um, follow-ups with the oncologist, they were like, if you want more kids, you know, just think about it. And then, it because it can, you know, initiate whatever, you know, that response in your body um, and just come back if you want to get another. I'm like, I feel like I want a yearly PET scan or CAT scan. Right. I know. Don't get don't me started on insurance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't. But um, healthy now as far as, I mean, I have the Hashimoto's thyroid stuff, which is a nuisance. Um, <laughs> but skin cancer wise, yeah. Yeah. Um, completely scary, but <clears throat> healthy. Yeah. Do you think like if that would have happened at 35 opposed to like, you know, compared to like happening at 25 emotionally, you would have dealt with it differently? Oh gosh. Um, I don't know. Probably. I think, um, yeah. it was such a whirlwind then, like they took care of it so quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was so young and right. I, I know, it's like 25. Jeez. Yeah two little, I mean, two little kids by then. Um, but then that's, that's all hard. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, my, Oh, and I, it's funny. I had joked around after the fact because my, my oldest, I had a month early. She was like four weeks early. Oh wow. So my second, like halfway through, I'm like, Oh, I would, you know, saying I'll do anything to have this baby a month early. Like Uh that was great. And then, (laughs) <laughs> that happened. Oh, even skin cancer. And I'm like, 
maybe I should have put the caveat that <laughs> I would do anything but skin cancer to get have this baby early. Um, but then my third, I was like, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Let's just go full term. And <laughs> that works. So yeah, I think probably, I mean, I feel like I'm a different person now than when I was, you know, 22, 25, to, you know, when my kids were little, I was just, yeah, way different. So I think I would just handle it a little, not that I handled it bad, but it would be like, all right, let's do this. Like there's, there would be more of a, I don't know, I'd feel stronger about it. I think, I mean, I don't, my daughter was just diagnosed with type one diabetes like a month ago. So that in itself was like, you have to handle things differently for your kids. Like I couldn't let her see that I was panicking and she was panicking. So I think now that the kids are older, if something like that happened again it like kind of almost summon all your willpower just to be strong and not that I want them to to think that they can't show emotion like that's absolutely not the case but like we can do this like cry if you need to cry and have feelings and let it out but like have this attitude of we can do it like we're gonna we're gonna get through it you know yeah you have to keep living your life yeah exactly yep man you found that out a month ago about your daughter yeah, yeah. Is it your oldest? Like, no, my nine-year-old, like three weeks before the marathon. So Jeez. life was a little bit insane. Yeah. yeah that's a big diagnosis. That, yeah, it is. It was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that was the shocking part. Like, you know, technology and the medical field is amazing with type 1 diabetes. Like, right. it's unbelievable. But the fact is, is that she needs insulin shots multiple times a day, just like you can't survive without it. And I think that's the thing that freaks me out. Like the control part of it, like she can't, she doesn't have insulin where she's kind of, you know, it's tough. (laughs) So has to rely on that to be healthy and live is it's hard for me to wrap my brain around, but yeah. What was going on that you, Um, that she had to go in and you figured this out? She had, I, so I had run, Like timing wise, it was a few days before I ran like the first half marathon I had run in forever. So we had a snow day. She was home. She almost just like literally passed out in the kitchen. And I was like, this is odd for her. Like she went from talking to me just fine to like, why does it go sweating, shaking, dizzy? I had to bring her over to the couch, called her doctor. And they were like, well, like keep an eye on her. But, you know, it could be any number of things. Um and then she went with her dad for the next two days. And then I picked her up from a sleepover on Saturday and she could not drink enough water, like chugging water. And at that point I was like, this is not not normal behavior. Like diabetes kind of triggered in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and her whole, just her demeanor was off. So then that Sunday morning we were getting ready to drive to the half marathon, the same like sort of pass out thing happened. Um, so I waited until Monday to call at that point. I still wasn't like, she was fine. She had, you know, came to, she didn't pass out, but she was kind of laying down for a few minutes and then back to life, like her normal self. Um, and so I called the doctor Monday, they got her in on Tuesday, um, did a urine test and he was like, go straight to the emergency room. Um, and he was good about it. He didn't want to say like, he had to kind of walk around the topic softly, you know, because he 
just in front of her and to make sure she didn't freak out. So we kind of went back and forth and he was like, you kind of know where I'm going with this. I said, yep. (laughs) So (laughs) talking diabetes here. Um, so she immediately melted down. Um, she was more like, what's going on with me? Like this is happening. So went to the emergency room, um, the, the children's hospital and they took amazing care of her. And then it was just a whirlwind the next few days of teaching us how to manage her insulin and all of the precautions and every, you know, protocol for every different thing and how to calculate her shots and, um, everything. So that was pretty crazy. And that's coming from, I mean, we're dealing with two different households. So that adds a level of complication to it. Just having to manage this with while she's with her dad and while she's with me and other people involved, you know, so it just, it has been amazing, um, for her. So she's done amazing. And, um, she's the one of my three that could handle it well. She's super active. She's a gymnast. So she's got that, like, she's just got the drive and the, like, you know, she can handle things like this. So, but it's still tough. Like I feel for her. It's like, yeah, it's a lot like, you know, I'm hungry. Can I have a bagel? I'm like, well, you can, I have to give you a shot. Right. (laughs) So it's like, I'm not punishing you, Anna, but you can't like, and she knows that. So often it's like, okay, I'll just have some walnuts or a cheese stick, like things that don't require insulin to get it through her system. But she's learned quickly what she can and can't do. Um, and then just the whole, like, eventually she'll get a pump and mm-hmm. everything will be more seamless in that way. But that's scary for her. So we're just kind of trying to like get her through the initial part of it and, uh, learn it really. So, and that's a pretty, is that a pretty common eight? Like my sister-in-law has type one diabetes. I mean, she's like, you know, our age, but I think she was around nine or 10 when she was diagnosed. Yeah, I, it is. They say like between six and nine is the peak. I mean, she was looking back, it was probably kind of developing for a while. Um, and it's amazing to see how her, just her appearance has changed and her body has changed. Like, I think she's, it, to me, it looks like she's grown two inches, like mm-hmm. just the way her, she can now process food and energy like she should. So her whole kind of appearance and everything is different. Um, but I think that's typically the age range. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine having a two year old and having to deal with that. Mm. And that would, Oh my gosh. Does that, Um, do people get it that young? Yeah. 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 So, and then I say, you know what, if this is the worst of it right now, we handle this. Like we can do this just, yeah, just is a shift in everything. Yeah. So yeah, my I it's it's one of those things where, you know, it's like with my sister-in-law, she never complains about it. It's just this is what my life is. This yeah. is what I do. But yeah. I don't remember what she said one day, but she made a comment about the shots and everything and it something about it being an inconvenience and I'm like, "Oh yeah, like man, I can't imagine that that just being your life every single yeah. day." I know. And she has I mean, a pump now, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I hope, I mean, she'll get one soon ish. Um, you just kind of have to wait for it to settle out. Um, but I mean, it is hard to give her those shots too. Like I hate that the bedtime routine now is Mm -hmm. taking her blood glucose and giving her a shot. And like, it's just, I feel awful sometimes, but, and then I just look at her like, you're amazing. You just roll with it. Like 
she doesn't complain. She's just does it. So yeah, she's a trooper. How are you navigating this, you know, divorce and parenting, you know, in separate households kind of deal? Yeah, it's a lot. Um, much better now. Um, but it is really hard in a lot of ways. Like it's really hard not to have my kids all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, that's tough. Um, especially at the ages they're at, it's just, you know, I have them 50% of the time. So, um, it's a lot, it's just tough to not be able to talk to them when I want to talk to them and not, I mean, a little bit easier now, I think because they're so busy. So it's not like they're home Mm -hmm. all the time. Like it's crazy sometimes to think how much they have going on between activities and school and homework and, you know, me working, it's not like I'm home with them after school anyway, but it's just, that part is hard. Um, but I think just watching how they've handled everything is amazing to me. Like their, um, life is good for them. And as long as, and that makes me feel better. Um, they're happy, they're healthy. It's a lot of work doing the two homes. Um, but it is what it is right now. So that's how it'll be. Um, it just is another thing to handle. So, um, between work and, you know, and it's funny cause some people are like, well, you only have your kids 50% of the time. Like, yes, but I'm their mom all the time. Right. Like, doesn't mean that I'm a parent 50% of the time, you know, um, because they'll have games or things when I don't have them. And it doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, it doesn't mean that I check out 50% of the time we live in the same town. They go to the same school, like nothing has changed for them. So, you know, I live a few miles away from their dad and it's, so it's great in that regard, like a lot, you know, things will get forgotten at one house or, they need something like right now. So I'm able to, you know, drop off the flute or bring lacrosse equipment or whatever it may be. Like we can coordinate pretty easily that way, which is good. Um, so it's all good. They're happy and they've adjusted pretty well to it all. A um, little bit tumultuous for, for a bit there, but <laughs> <laughs> anything. Yeah. A lot of stress, but then it just becomes, um, normal. So, yeah. And I do find that I, you know, the times, the time that I have with them is, you know, so much more valuable. Um, like, you know, I kind of try to squeeze out every little last minute with them, but it's also hard because working full time during the week, um, the weeks are very busy. It's like weekends are time to catch up, like, laundry and cleaning and all of that, that I don't have time to do during the week. It's hard for me to kind of get out of that mode sometimes. And I'm like, you know what? I've got the kids. I can't be spending all of my time like catching up from the week. So it's a huge balancing act for sure. So do you have them every other weekend? I mean, like if you're 50, 50, 50, 50. So it's two nights, um, two nights a week, two to three nights a week. And then every other weekend. So school is really the transition for us. Like when we have, when we switch days, they'll go to school in the morning from their dads and then come home to me. And my mom is an absolute lifesaver. She watches for me after school. So, and she's amazing. Like she's like their second mom. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It is awesome. I can't even, yeah, it's amazing to have that, you know, so, so where are you working now? Because you guys, like, back in the day, didn't you guys, like, 
open a yogurt shop or something? Yep. So that was, we opened a sweet frog. Um, and then when we got divorced, that went with him. Okay. Um, and while that was running, I was working at, um, I worked at a, just a local web development agency. So I did like, um, I'm not a web person. I did new business, business development there. Um, so I worked with new clients to get them set up. Um, and then I've actually just been, so I left there a year ago and I started at Pratt and Whitney, um, which is a, um, they're local as well, but a huge company. They make, um, engines like commercial engines, uh, military engines. So all of that kind of stuff, aerospace. Um, and I love it and it's a huge challenge, but it was an amazing switch. So it was kind of like a career change. Completely. So, so what are um, you doing for them? So I do, I'm basically like an account manager, okay. um, for, uh, um, project manager. Okay. So both. So I work in the, in the military engines program there. Um, and it's busy and it's totally new and different from anything I've done, but it's been amazing. I love, I love my coworkers. So I love going to work and they are great and flexible with schedules, you know, mm-hmm. having kids, it's very family friendly. That's good. So I just started to be able to work from home two days a week, oh, which nice. Just like the stress of not having to get out of the house in the morning. Right. Sometimes having that option is amazing. Um, so it's been great. It's been really good. Um, and so they also pay for um, continuing education. So I'm going to start my master's oh, in the cool. fall. Um, yeah. It's and exciting. what? Um, probably project management and business analytics. Nothing exciting, but it goes with my job. So, and that's been something I wanted to get my master's for a long time. So this, I'm excited about that. Um, what's your undergrad in social work? Oh, okay. Yeah. Unrelated. Yep. But do you um, get to wear normal clothes to work? Like, do you dress up? Yeah. Yep. That was like one of the stressful things for me when I started this (laughs) job. I was like, no clothes. I can't wear yoga pants. (laughs) Is it fun though to like, be able to get out of the workout clothes? It is. Yeah. I do like it. Um, yeah, I had to kind of get a whole new wardrobe. Um, but it's nice to, I'm kind of of the mindset, like dress for the job you want type of thing. Um, yeah, it is, it is nice to be kind of business, business attire for the most part. Yeah. Casual Fridays are nice. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny Um, that you say you're of the, um, Dress for the job you want because Glenn just got. Have you heard of Trunk Club? No. It's like Stitch Fix, you know. Oh, okay. Ben? Yeah, but they yeah. actually Trunk Club actually has a women's uh, line too yeah. now. Yeah. But he like he just because he's been wearing like the same button up yeah. shirts to work from Banana Republic outlet oh. for like yeah. <laughs> five ten years. So it's time to revamp. So he got a trunk and um, he got a sport coat in it and that. Yeah. Like, and it, it was pretty expensive. And so we were both kind of like, okay, we have to like separate this from the other things they sent. Like this is a one-time purchase and you're going to look, yeah. you're going to look sharp yeah, going to the office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll feel good. That's so funny you say that because I don't know if you guys have Nordstrom Rack near you. We do. Oh, okay. So my boyfriend just has been like, I need a sport coat. I need a sport coat. But they're like crazy expensive so at Nordstrom. Expensive. And so I went to Nordstrom Rack for the first time like a month ago and I was like, oh my gosh, 
the same jackets that are at Nordstrom's are like $80 at Nordstrom Rack. Oh my gosh. And they're amazing. So I was like, you have to go buy them. And he did. And I was like, don't you feel better? Don't you feel so good when you go to work wearing something that is like, makes you feel good? And like I said, that translates into running clothes too. So (laughs) man, $80. Now I'm like, wow, maybe you shouldn't have splurged on that. And I think that they pull their stuff in Nordstrom Rack too. Go to Nordstrom Rack too, because everything like Cole Haan shoes and like crazy deals. And part, and part of that trunk too was like, okay, we're kind of paying for convenience a little bit too, because a little bit. You're not going to yeah. go, like, we're not going to get a babysitter to go look at clothes. And, like, we're not exactly. going to go to, like, this shopping yeah, with our you kids gonna with us. going to go do that. Exactly. Yeah. You're not oh. leaving me on the weekend to go look for a sport coat with the kids when exactly. I'm with the kids all week. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that's, well, and that's me, like, you know, that's what's hard sometimes is, like, working all week. And then I've got the kids on the weekend. And I, so anything that I have to do, like, shopping or anything, like, come on, guys. We're going. <laughs> we're going. <laughs> I have to bribe them. I'm like, Anna, I'll buy you lip gloss. Alex, I'll buy you a pair of sneakers. Like, <laughs> come on. How, now, how old is your oldest? She's 10. Okay. Uh, so they probably, when do they start? Like, when can she stay well, home by she, herself for like an hour at a time? Oh, that's a good question. Um, now okay. she could, I think she's going to be in sixth grade. So, but she's also my kid that will not stay home. So okay. even I'm trying to get her used to it. Like, okay, Alex, stay home. I'm just going to run. Like I'm going to go for, for a mile yeah. back and forth in front of the house. <laughs> just stay home. <laughs> and they don't want to do it. Uh, so I'm trying to get her used to it. Um, my youngest is seven. I don't, I honestly think that they would be fine if I left them for a half an hour. Yeah. Um, I just haven't done it. They really, they're great. They get along well. They kind of do their own thing when they're all together. Um, but I haven't, I haven't really pushed it too much, but I think soon probably that I could at least leave the girls home. Oh they yeah. Just, Cause he's uh, the youngest. Your, your son's the youngest. My son is the youngest. Yeah. Okay. He just turned seven. So yeah. And I think he'd be fine. He'd probably just play on the iPad. Yeah, <laughs> man. Life. Talk about life changing. I know. And I think these are the shifts for me that are like, wait a second. We're here at this How stage. This like. I can't, I can't handle it. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, we have to get to the end of the podcast questions. Yeah. Are you super nervous about them still? Yeah, I am. Okay. (laughs) Well, we'll go there. And if, if you want to omit one, we can. Okay. I'll try to answer them, but gosh, I'm so boring sometimes. That's when I feel like I'm so boring. No, you're not. Okay. Okay. Now I am. Cause all I do is like eat, sleep, work, run kids, but let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> but everybody else, you say that, but everybody else is like, yes, but you're like this insanely fast runner. You're also super mom. You're beautiful. Yeah. You're oh, gosh. you're not Thank giving you. yourself enough credit. I wish I had more time to be interesting and like get into interesting things, but I will eventually. So, but you know what? On some of that. I think you've always been really good at just from the outside looking in. And I mean, how much can you really know about someone from social yeah. media? But I think what I get from you at least is that you've always been good about shutting it off and like being like, I can't do this. I have to do my own life. Like I yes. can't do the social media uh, thing. Cause yeah. I do feel like that. Like the social media is fun, but when I can't do it, I can't do it. And I think like 
even in life, like knowing when it's okay to be like, I can't do this and it's okay because I'm the type that will take on everything mm-hmm. and to sit and not know, like, is it okay to say, I, I just can't do it, you know? So, and then knowing when to introduce things that I need, like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, basic stuff, like I stopped going to church and that was something for me that was like, it's too stressful. I don't have time. I don't want to get up on a Sunday, yep. but then it was, but I feel like I need it. So I'm going to do it and it's going to be tough. I don't, cause I don't want to get up and get ready and get everybody out of the house on a Sunday. Cause I do that every day, but I know that it's going to feel good and things like that. So knowing when to like let things go and bring things in and yeah, and be okay with it. I hear that because we have been the same way with church for the past 10 years. Like we're those people that we start going to a church for like six months and we like it and it's great. And then we stop for like a year because it messes with somebody's nap or whatever. Oh my gosh. Well, your age, I remember for three or four years, like, why do I even go? Because 10 o'clock in the morning is nap time and I'm just walking a, a crying baby down the hall. Like, yeah, it's so hard, but knowing that it's okay to be like, like even with my kids now, my kids want to do everything. And uh-huh. I'm the type that's like, yes, I need to support you in this, you know, thing that you want. Like my daughter, mom, I want to play guitar. We can play guitar in sixth grade. Like Alex, not right now. We can't. <laughs> you don't you, need to do everything. We, you don't need to do it. And we can't like, you also want to switch to French and you want to play field hockey. And like, so let's, I'm going to be okay with saying no to you right now. Not no, never, but no, I can't do one more thing right now and mm-hmm. that's going to be okay. So yeah, but on to the questions. Oh yes. No, 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 Good. Okay. What's one thing you'd like to do professionally or personally that you haven't done yet? Okay. Um, well I mentioned I'm, I want to get my master's. So professionally, probably that would be it. Um, I also kind of just started, kind of started late with the career thing. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like my ambition and drive is to do well with that aspect of my life. Um, personally, um, gosh, I would love to travel more. I love to travel. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to doing that in the next few years. I don't really know what or where, like I would love to run a marathon in another country. Um, I think that would be fun. So personally, yeah. And professionally, that's really good to hear from someone and other people listening that are probably Lots of stay-at-home moms listening to this. That yeah, I was home for years with the kids. Well, and you know, you there's think. There's a lot of value in being a stay-at-home mom. Like, don't sell yourself short. You're like, I just, I stayed at home with kids forever. My gosh, like, there's a lot that, that's hard. <laughs> you do a lot. And I think a lot of times people are like, okay, either I'm staying home or I'm going back to work. And you forget or you're fogged at the moment. You don't realize, like, I can stay home and go back to work after yeah. these five, six, seven years or however yeah. long it is. Yep, absolutely. There's no reason exactly. you it's can't. Not one or the other. Yeah. And even now I say, like, I love working. I love yeah. being with my kids. But I honestly don't know that I was cut out to be a forever stay-at-home mom. Like, I need to be out of the house and I need to work and I need to provide for myself and all of that. For some people, that's, you know, that's to each his own, you know, this works for me now. It's crazy busy and I would love to be with my kids more, um, but I don't have, I don't really have that luxury. So I'm trying to do both. I just think about that a lot too, because when I decided to stay home and, you know, kind of like launching this podcast and doing this stuff on Mm -hmm. the side gives me, um, do that, like gives me drive and motivation. It it excites me. It gives me something to look forward to, but 
Yeah. And you think about even just resume building while yeah. you're staying home with your kids. Like this is a big thing. This yeah. is amazing. So it's, yeah, it's, um, it's impressive. So I'm yep. like, yeah, the doors aren't closed just because no. I'm home right now. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a big thing to realize. Yep. And not to say that it wouldn't, not to say that if I didn't want to do this side stuff and I wanted to stay home full time, even when they were, you know, older, yeah. like that's okay that too. Great too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny cause I, there's a one particular girl I'm just thinking of that's a stay at home mom and I know her from college and she's, man, she's one of those people that you're like, you were born to do that. Like exactly. You yes. love to cook. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is your thing. I don't thing. feel like that. For yes. me. I really don't. I tried and I don't feel like, yeah, I, it, and it's impressive to see that. I'm like, wow. And I do, I think that's why I look at my mom still. And my mom is super young, still like so active. And I think, thank God my kids have her because she mm. was meant to do that. Yeah. Like, She's so good with them. Like, thank God they have you because you fill in a lot of places that I don't feel like I can do. <laughs> They're to have her. Yeah. So. Okay. So if you had one message to send to the world, what would it be? Oh, gosh. <laughs> this is a stressful one. Um, yeah, that's kind of deep, huh? Yeah, a little bit deep. One message. Um, I don't know. I am. I. I think from having kids and raising girls and, well, even my son, like, I think staying humble and mm. being kind, like those are the big things that it's like smile and talk to people, like let, you know, ask people how they're doing, things like that. Stop. I would love to say, just don't judge people. Like you never know what people are going through. That's one big thing for me. Like mm -hmm. it is so easy for us to look at people on the outside and be judgmental and you just don't know what their struggles are and their trials are. And it's like, give people a break. And I remember somebody said to me once when I used, when I was like waitressing in college, they were like, keep smiling, like just smile. And I don't mean to say smile when life sucks. I mean, maybe a little bit, but like smile goes a long way. And I think even just smiling when things are crappy can turn your own stuff around a little bit. Yeah. That's a big question. That, but, but you had lots of good answers. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. That's kind of how I try to live. Don't sell yourself short and take on challenges. You'll be surprised by yourself. You know, I think if I kind of shrunk back at every challenge that I faced, I would be living in a cave. Like I don't mm -hmm. think I'd be very far. So, and that's just kind of the whole, I mean, it all sounds cliche a little bit, but like, you know, don't give up. And not to like obsess over running here, but the smiling thing can take you far in, in races too, when you're like feeling like shit. And if you just smile through that a little bit, be like, oh yeah, yeah, like I get to do this. Like it is actually really cool that I'm yeah. physically capable of this, you know, doing this. And that was part of even just running Boston was like. I cannot quit like this most amazing race. I am here and a lot of people can't be here. And all of these people are out cheering. Like, you know, I think sometimes it feels like don't like we can be our own biggest obstacle. Just get out of your own way and, and just, you know, kind of do it and have fun, you know, laugh. Like mm -hmm. I think I, I really feel like I spent a lot of my younger years, like early years, like just so, I don't know, almost sad or just kind of like, not present in life. And it's like, just laugh more and don't take everything so seriously. You yes. know, yes. it's, you lose so much energy there. It's like, take a breath and, and chill out. I think I say that to my kids all the time. Take a breath, chill out. <laughs> what are you loving right now? 
what am I loving? Um, one thing I'm loving is, so I used to wear, I loved Brooks Pure Flows sneakers. Mm-hmm. And they like totally revamped them and they, I can't wear them, which was oh. so sad. For me. I've been on this hunt for new sneakers. Um, not to mention that I would run through them like in a month and mm-hmm. that just gets expensive. Right. So I finally found a sneaker that I love, the Adidas Boost. I think I wear the Boston to train in, but they're awesome. I love them. Um, and they last like four or 500 miles, which is oh, amazing. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I'm loving that. Um, and being on vacation, this is how terrible I am. It had probably been like 10 years since I bought a new bathing suit. So I was like scrambling last week to find a bathing suit. Um, I ordered one from American Eagle and it's super cute and amazing. So they have like great American Eagle, American Eagle. Yes. I know. I feel like I'm too old to shop there, but it's just a great fitting two piece. Like for me as a runner who literally has a flatter than flat chest, (laughs) um, it works. You don't need lots of support. (laughs) No support. Yeah, okay, I'm going to look out for that. I actually, like, so, saw some American Eagle jeans the other day, and I was like, those are really yeah, cute. Yeah, they're good, too, because I will default to, like, the $200 bikini bottom, Yeah, and that's not feasible. No. So <laughs> I can do a $30 combo at American Eagle. Is American um, Eagle, though, is it still, like, I mean, I remember wearing it in high school. Have they kind of, like... Yeah. Are they no. marketing to people in their 30s yeah. now? No, I don't I don't think so. So <laughs> go online. Don't walk into the store. Okay. It's like basic. I know. I felt I asked one of my friends, I was like, where do I get a bathing suit? She was like, Well, try American Eagle. I was like, Really? American Eagle. American Eagle? Okay, I'll do it. Um uh and then there's one other thing that I absolutely love. Um these you probably see, I was wearing them like every day and they're like in every picture, winter running picture on Instagram, but these Lululemon running crops, fast and free, they're unbelievable. They feel like skin, like they're like wearing nothing. It's awesome. So I'm, I absolutely love them. I wear them all the time. I'm looking now. So they're like knee tights. They are, the ones I have are seven eighths. Um, oh, okay. Okay. So they're between. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I think I see a picture so of you wearing them now. For me, they're a little bit shorter than that, but oh, I absolutely love them. And they were actually a gift, so I didn't spend that money on them, but I would because they last forever. Okay. Um, I've ne- Did you know I've yeah. never bought anything from Lululemon? Not yeah, one thing. Yeah, you should. You should treat yourself. Okay. Look at me. So I'm not- <laughs> those pants. Don't tell Glenn I said that. Okay. <laughs> if if I go if I splurge, then I'll get those pants. That. Get like a, yeah, get a pair of pants or something that like, I have my Lululemon stuff from like five years ago and I wear it multiple times a week and wash it all the time and, it still and holds up. they last. So great. Spend a hundred bucks on the pants, but you're not going to be buying a new pair in a year when they get all ratty. You well, know? and let's be honest, like <clears throat> Lululemon's expensive, but all the other brands they are, are expensive too. too. Exactly. I go on to Athleta. I go on to Wazelle. You go anywhere. They're a hundred dollars. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry. It's I'm all not, expensive. It's not cheap. So yeah. It's Unless great. you go to Marshall's and get. I know, but I can't. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. And you have to search. Yep. They don't fit. So I'm like hiking them up my whole run or whatever. I don't want to do that. Nothing drives me crazier than if you have tights, tights that sag at the crotch. When yes. I can't yeah. handle it. Yeah. So, check okay. out. What's the best, most recent book you've read? 
Okay, so we have time to read. (laughs) I don't read. (laughs) Um, I wish I read more. I honestly have not read a book in so long, and I hate that. Um, But there were a couple like years ago that I read that I have loved, like the Kite Runner, those books, Khalid Husseini, Khalid Husseini, or something. I don't remember the author. I think that's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He has a few books that I just absolutely loved. but then there's one that's like a thousand really, splendid suns yeah, or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I really liked his books. Um, and then I read one a couple years ago that has stuck with me that I just loved. It's not like a novel or a fiction. Um, it's called quiet. Okay. The power of, uh, it's about introverts. Okay. And I'm, I consider myself pretty introvert. Like if I were to take anytime I take those Myers-Briggs tests, I'm at like 100% introvert. And it was so eye-opening. It was so interesting. And it made me, I had so many like, ah, like this works. Like I can function in this world of extroverts, you know, or in a world that is seemingly extroverted or you need to be extroverted to be successful. Uh-huh. Um, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. So for those introverts out there, it's a great book. Susan Cain, I think is the author. Um, but other than that, I, and I rarely watch TV. Like I'll I was going to ask that. Do you guys watch anything? I'll get into a series. Like lately we've been watching comedians just because they're like lighthearted and easy and you don't have to get sucked in and binge watch. Um, now is that a show or do you just mean stand up? Stand up. Yeah. I love stand up. Um, Yeah, I do. It's like, we found some really funny ones and, but I do love Homeland. (laughs) Oh, Okay. They just came out with, or a season, like, I think they took a kind of a break. I really did binge watch, like, five seasons of that. And then I found a couple that I like. I'm sure you've heard of, like, Big Little Lies. I've only watched a couple of those. I haven't started it yet because I'm reading the book, but I want to watch it for sure. Okay. Yeah, and then there's another one called The Leftovers that is, um, I really liked The Walking Dead when it first came out, and this kind of feels a little bit like that, but without the zombies. Um, So, other than that, I don't, I mean... It's if I watch a half an hour or an hour of TV a week, like, yeah, it, I don't watch a lot of TV. Okay. So if you like those but, shows, that tells me, do you do like HBO go or something? We have HBO and Showtime. I don't know. Whatever is on our TV. I think big little lies is HBO is on HBO. So we, yes, we like yes, pull HBO. We do HBO go. We pull it from Glenn's dad. You need oh, to watch. Okay. If you like comedy, you need to watch crashing and, it's Pete Holmes' new show, and it's it's oh, oh hilarious. Gosh, yes. I saw him when I was in <gasps> I was running somewhere on a treadmill, and I saw his stand up, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy is pretty funny." He's funny. And then I saw, yeah, he has a show. Yeah, and he has a podcast okay. too. But like, this show is brand new, and it just yeah. got picked up and for it's a second about season. His, like, is he getting divorced or something like that? Yes, he gets divorced, okay. and he grew up like super Christian, and this is him like oh, trying okay. to like make his way into the comedy world. But yeah. like, he's like so awkward because he's like yeah, he's a good awkward. boy. And Oh, yeah. you, okay. It's only, it. and each episode is only like 28 minutes and it's only eight episodes in a season. Yeah. We started, I watched a couple of like, tried to get into a couple of series and the episodes were like an hour and 10 minutes. Like I can't do this mm-hmm. at night. Like you can't, but then there's also one I keep see popping up called, I have no idea what it's about. Um, catastrophe is that something I think I've heard of it but I don't know about oh, anything about it I don't know it. it's I feel like I need to watch it but it won't happen until it's old news so 
Okay, I'll have to look into crashing. Look into crashing because that's an easy one, and if you're into comedy, you don't have to think about it a lot. It it it's pretty funny, and like all of yeah. his like throwback comments about like the Christian community. Yes, I would totally. That would be so. You would funny. get it. Like he pops yeah. in like a jars of clay CD. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's hilarious. Really- well, I had to go. I gotta go back and get the boys. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Holy. This cow. has been so fun. Fuck yeah. I this know. I hope we talked about everything we wanted to oh, talk about. Oh, yes, totally. Yeah. How much longer are you in Puerto Rico for? So I just, I got here last night. I'll be here until my, I leave Tuesday morning. Okay, Yay. so today's Thursday. See your friends there Sunday. Ooh, yeah. so yeah. fun. I'm going to go buy a huge bottle of sunscreen right now because I yes. can't fly. And then I think I want to try, like, surfing. I think we're going to try <gasps> surfing. Maybe, so Yeah. I think there's a rainforest here. I don't really know what we're going to do, but well, it's this, me and it's humid and I love it. This yeah. is a long time coming. You deserve it. Oh, I can't wait. Have a good vacation. Your boys. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye, Katie. Bye. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you, Katie, for coming on the show. You were so fun to talk to. I say that to everybody, but 99% of the time it's true. You guys can follow Katie on Instagram. MS fit runner so miss fit runner and you can also follow me on instagram lindsay hine 626 don't forget to follow women's running magazine as well and you can find me on twitter at lindsay hine and you can also find me on facebook i'll have another podcast with lindsay hine so i want to thank fast sack for partnering with us for this episode of the podcast and you guys fast sack is a distance-based mobile application for runners bikers walkers and travelers It allows you to generate routes in seconds based on your selected distance, landmarks, geographic features, and points of interest. Okay, here's the deal. Amanda Brooks was on this podcast, episode 43. She is a mom of three, and she is the founder of this app. This app was a labor of love for her. So much passion, so much energy went into this project, and she, this is newly launched. And I encourage all of you guys to go check it out. I love seeing other moms, well, other women come up with these awesome business ideas and just go for it and execute it. So I'm super proud of Amanda. I'm happy to know her, thankful to know her, and we should all go support her and check out the app. You guys, when you register, when you download the app, you can get 30 days free before you pull the trigger and decide you want to uh, commit long-term. But I will tell you, it's only like $6.99 a month, so it's not too bad. And it does a lot of cool stuff, especially if you travel for work or anything like that. Like it, you're in a new city, you don't know where to go. It you can say, I want to see this, this, and this, or I want to go six miles, and it'll take you right where you want to go. So good stuff there. Go, Amanda. You rock. We're all proud of you here at I'll Have Another Podcast. You guys go check out nowfoodsnow-2-u.com. Use promo code another all caps to save 25% off your order. Go do it. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful Friday. Have a great weekend, and as always, I'll see you next Friday.